With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You are now listening to the NYYST Podcast. Welcome back. This is episode 215 of the NYYST podcast. I am your host, Christian, as always, joined by my co-host, Chris. You. And it's S-G-R. What up? I like that. What up? What up, fellas? What up? Not much, Ryan, where do, you, where do you want the drunk meter right now? Ryan has a, he has a drunk meter and a hungover, and a hungover meter. Yeah, Ryan. Hung- Ryan banged out at a wedding last yeah. night. That's why we're recording. It's about a quarter to yeah, eight. Mutual on friends a, on Sunday wedding. night. Yeah, such a mutual friend. I wasn't even invited. True. Yeah, and neither was I. Like well, I, it was more of it. Tro- it was a smaller tro- gathering tro- due to the coronavirus. Uh, you know, we did it being responsible while being together, irresponsible. Yeah. And it's my You'd best be- friends uh, Jeff's wedding. Congrats, Jeff and Kat on getting married. And I uh, found out we have a bunch of. Uh, NYYST fans over on his uh, uh, wife's side of the family. Really? So, yeah, a bunch, dude. Wow. The new really wife awesome. of a, of a Pirani is, uh, yeah. you know. She's well, I'll say this. Yankee, yeah, it, if she's listening too. or her family, uh, sure family Jeff is not worthy like of your daughter's love. Um, but at the end of the day, and it's mainly just because he's a Mets fan. But at the end of the day, congrats. And I should have been invited. I'm a little bitter about it, but we'll let it go. We'll let it go. Being so, uh, being responsible uh, while being irresponsible. All, they all listen though. They they really do so, listen. And Jeff's side too. They're they're all on board, right there, Christian. Yeah, Jeff's Jeff's brother wants to be on the show. Yeah, we're gonna have him on. I called Jeff to congratulate him in the morning, and in the background, family over. in the background, I hear, and this is how the Paranis talk. It's just there's just no way around it. Tell him, I, hey, tell him I need to be on the show. And he's going, I'll tell him what you want to be on the show. <laughs> he doesn't even listen to the show. Yeah, he just he, I proved right. it. So he wants I to proved eat. it in a conversation I had with him yeah. earlier in the week. So he's using us. Did you want to be on the show so badly you don't even listen to it? Yeah. So I listened to it. You did a man crush list and DJ LeMayu was on it. And yeah. I was like, eh, wrong, wrong. It wasn't. And that was like three months ago. So it was wrong. <laughs> When's the last time you listened to the show, bro? Yeah. But uh, while we're talking about uh, family members, you know, <clears throat> I, I mean to bring this up here. When somebody hands you $20, what do you do with it? Is it for me? It, it, like, you got to give me a little more context with that. Someone you do hand- me a favor. Okay. You're doing me a favor. Okay. I hand you $20. What do you do with it? I hand it back to you if I'm doing you a favor. I don't, I don't want your money. I, I'm doing it because you're family to me. You're a friend. You're right. a real scumbag because you're really going to fuck up my point here. Okay. But if you insist <laughs> on me taking it, if you insist on me taking it and keep refusing 
me to give it back to you, I might just be like, all right. Look, I got a baby. I don't want to put her in daycare. Okay. My niece is my niece is responsible. Responsible. So she comes over, she watches the baby. Usually I'm not home because I'm out, you know, earning a living. But, you know, a couple of weeks ago I was home and she was over watching the baby. So I said, here's $20. I said, I know it's not a lot, but you shouldn't do this for free. And she basically ran away from me. It's a good person. No, it's fucked up. No, it, it your means. Your uncle hands you $20. You don't run away. You take that money. I would probably, you know what? I'd probably take it from you if I had to watch your fucking kid. Like, that's what I'm saying. You got to give me context. Like, if I had to watch your fucking kid, I'm definitely taking your money because that's something I don't want to do. Right? I want to. Well, I wouldn't. I would never put you in charge of my, the, the well being of my child. I wouldn't blame that you. Wouldn't my wife. I've my met, wife is very cautious three, when she does it also. I've met all three of your children. I can tell that you've been alone with them. Yes. Several times. So <clears throat> I just want she she also said, oh, Uncle Christian doesn't shout me out anymore. And I'm like, when's the last time you listened to the show? When's the last time you left us a five star rating and review? I mean, she was like 2019. I was like, well, how do you know then? How when, do you know that? When's the last time you left us a five star rating review on iTunes or Have subscribe to our five star rating or subscribe to our YouTube channel? Right. You know? Tell all your yeah. college friends. Big time. I'll tell Big you what. Time. One thing we don't ask our listeners for enough is is money. Just just call up one friend. Just call up one friend who's a Yankee fan, and tell them to listen to us. I mean, that's you the. Watch that. Sh- you it, ever watch that show? Uh, the game show in the cab. Cash cab. Uh, cash, cash cab. Cash cab. Yeah, I fucking yeah, love that like show. Fo- you know, and they're like phone a street, and you gotta be like, "Hey, yo, help me with this." Yes. You don't even got to call somebody you know. The just person never even f- knows. Yeah, just blast it. Blast the pod, add a light, roll down the window, and be like, hey, yo, you the listen window. to the show. This shit's great. Yeah, and, like, you want to know what the <laughs> the highest compliment we get paid, but it's also the most, like, the most frustrating thing to think about is that we have so many people. Misogynous? Yeah, we have so many people each week that say. We're really going to prove that point in about five minutes. Oh, yeah, can't wait. We have so many people that say to us, "You guys, these guys should be bigger." Like we look at comments on YouTube and on Twitter, these guys should be way bigger than they are. And like, yeah, we agree with you. I mean, we got to step shit up in certain areas, but if if that's how you feel, all it takes is telling one friend. Boom. Oh. Yeah, and also we finally released some new merch. We've been promising it forever. But finally, on Wednesday, the day that Yankees pitchers and catches reported, the first two shirts of the Sterling Silhouette series were released. If you use code NYYSTPOD30, you will not only get 30% off your order, but you will get free shipping. If the computer goes out, the dog is underneath my desk right now. Don't ask me why. Dog's probably Um, drugged out. Yeah, he just had it. I just gave it to him. So uh, the first two shirts dropped are Hideki Matsui and Aaron Judge. I, I'm not saying the Matsui shirt came out bad, but the Judge shirt came out phenomenal. Yeah, it did come phenomenal. out really good. It did so come out really go good. To, really nice. Please go to nyysportstalk.com and go to the shop tab and check those out. Again, nyystpod30 will save you 30% in free shipping. There's still three more shirts to drop hopefully uh you know when we get off the call here we'll discuss it my idea is uh 
next week, maybe next weekend for the first spring training game and then uh, yeah. opening day. Yeah, that works for me. Okay. Okay. Let's get to the guts. Okay. So now we'll get to uh, we'll get to the fun part of the show. Uh, do a quick little rundown here. Obviously, we're going to get the Domingo Herman stuff out of the way. Uh, biggest story, I guess, of the week. It's something we need to touch on, and it's what we're going to uh, touch on first here. Then we're going to get into the return of a Yankee. He's back. We won't if you haven't heard. No spoiler. And I have back. some I have some uh, exclusive info to drop on that certain Yankee. So if you're if you're messing around right now and you and you don't know if you're going to come back and be able to listen to the rest of this pod, you maybe have to go into work. Uh, definitely make time to come back because it'll be worth your while. Uh, then uh, it's the Triple G show. And then we're going to get into Gary Sanchez a little bit. Uh, there's a couple guys in camp that can make things a little interesting for Gary. We'll touch on that. Uh, then there's a story about Jamison Tyone's pants that I think we need to touch on. We'll give the Yankees offseason in a letter grade uh and then uh chris will say goodbye so uh that's the uh rundown of the show here uh also before we actually get started we want to wish our boy ben heller the best of luck out in arizona yes. ben was designated for assignment by the yankees when they uh made the chat the chat all day Jesus darren Christ. i'm thinking of chad bradford because they're both side arming righties yeah uh uh, the Darren O'Day signing official, he was picked up by the Arizona Diamondbacks. I heard that it came down between the Diamondbacks and the Red Sox. So, luck, I, even though I fucking, I will never like the Diamondbacks because the 0-1, I guess it's better that <laughs> Heller's in Arizona yeah. than he is in Boston. So, at least we can kind of root for him. Um, but Ben was a great uh, guy, good friend of the show. We got to talk to Ben a few times. Uh, you know, we interviewed him on the show. We did a 10 questions in quarantine with Ben. Uh, we were able to get an exclusive quote from Heller when he got ejected for that bullshit with the Rays uh, last year. So uh, I mean, I just our luck. Person, the closest Yankee that we that we have is is gone. You know, when you do something like this, you know, you do have personal biases and uh, from experiences with people. And you know, we had hoped that things were going to work out with Ben because we like Ben, but also we saw the talent was there, and just due to unfortunate injuries and now the numbers game Ben's no longer with the Yankees but hopefully he can still have a very productive and uh, healthy major league career so we do wish the best of luck to Ben Heller out in Arizona hello hello now uh, I don't know how you want to handle this this is just something that we just have to dive into are you alive I'm alive I'm ready you motherfuckers don't understand when you stand there like fucking mannequins for 30 seconds. I think the computer froze. I'm here, baby. So anyway, we have said on this show numerous times, we're going to talk about Domingo Herman. We got to talk about Domingo Herman as a baseball player. He did what he did. We don't condone it. No way, shape or form do we condone it, but he's going to be on. He was going to be on the team. We got to talk about him as a New York Yankee, as a pitcher. Things have kind of changed in the last few days with pitchers and catchers reporting to camp. And how it changed really is when Zach Britton stepped up to the mic the other day. And uh, we've kind of, all three of us been all over the place in the last few days. So unfortunately, we didn't get the opportunity. And this kind of lays on me. Uh, and I know Chris was busy too, so we might not even have the opportunity to do it. We didn't get to cut the audio, but I think by now everybody's heard 
uh, the clip or at least know the quote where when asked about Herman, and I might be paraphrasing a little bit, Zach Britton said, you don't always get to choose who your teammates are. Basically said he doesn't owe me an apology, uh, but he said that, you know, he has the quote up here if you want me to read it. Yeah, that would be great, SGR. That would be uh, really <laughs> I don't think do. this is Zach Britton. I don't think he owes anything to me. I think it's off the field stuff that he needs to take care of. Sometimes you don't get to control who your teammates are, and that's the situation. I don't agree with what he did. I don't think it has any place in the game or off the field at all. And then a little bit further, he says, um, my, my job is to go out there and pitch and do my job. So that's kind of my concern right there. But Herman doesn't owe me anything. I think that's something that he's going to have to deal with on his own and make better choices going forward. Now, here's the real interesting thing. The Yankees have 60, 70 guys in camp, right? Somewhere around there. Any number of guys could have been asked this question. Zach Britton's a team's union player rep. Mm-hmm. So he's got to get he's, he's, he's got to have his finger on the pulse when it comes to how the team's feeling about something. Would you say that's pretty accurate? I think that's why his words carry a little bit more weight than had say Luis Sessa made a comment uh, about Domingo Herman on the team. Yeah, and 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 I think because this is go. I'm sorry. No, no, no. You can you can go because and I'm saying because a suspension was involved. I'm almost positive that Zach Britton had to be involved in that in some way, shape, or form as a team's player rep for the union. Yeah. So he might even have and – and Lindsey Adler, the athletic, uh, wrote a story today, which I'll bring up the information in about in a minute, that it maybe Britton knew more than the public did because of the suspension and the hearing and what was involved in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I – look, let's just start with the basic – stuff which is the content and context of what of what Britain's saying about Herman. You can't disagree with anything he said. I mean it's it's exactly how he should feel, how any decent human being would feel um towards the situation. And before I go into how I feel about him saying it to the media that way, I'll just say this. If he has his finger on the pulse and he's representing the voice of, of all the players, I don't know if the Yankees made the right choice of not releasing Domingo Herman. Because to me, as much as I agree with what Britton said, if your job entails now to have this guy as a teammate, someone you need to lift up whether you want to lift him up or not, whether you agree with who he is as a human being or not. And that's how you not only you feel, but we have to assume at least most of the guys in that clubhouse feel. It sounds like he's not someone they want to be around. It sounds like he's not like when you have to sit there and say, you don't get to choose your teammates. To me, that's just like almost, he almost sounds resentful towards the Yankee organization for, for keeping this guy on the team. And I and again, I'm not blaming him. And I'm not blaming anyone on that team. Domingo Herman, for all I care as a human being, can go friggin' get lost in a ditch. But that's not the case. We have to look at what the case is here. And the case is that he's still a teammate. He's still a guy you need to be successful if you want to obtain your, your ultimate goal here in winning a World Series. 
And I don't know. I just kind of like it gave me a weird feeling. Like if that's how the players are feeling, why is this guy still here? You know, there's, there, you're not going to, if you keep him as, as a guy on your roster and you're depending on him, then you need him. You need him to be what you're depending on him to be. But at the same time, if you're depending on a guy who no one else wants around them, he's only going to hurt the team no matter how well he performs. Ah. So that's kind of where I am on it. Like I said, I think because Zach Britton was the guy that stepped up and said this, I think as, as the team's player rep, his words carry a lot of weight. And he's not just saying something be, to say something. I think he said that because he at least has the majority of the clubhouse behind him and what he's saying. Yeah, and and just real quick, I just meant to finish up with this point. I'm not knocking Britain in any way. Like, if that's what needed to be said, then he said it. Maybe he said it with the hopes that Cashman and, and the organization kind of get a hint and read between the lines that they don't want this guy. Maybe it needed to be said. But for me, again, if this is a guy that's your teammate, your fa- really your, your family when you're teammates during the season at least. And so if this guy's going to be here, for you to say something like that, now, now you're just, again, uh, it's Herman's fault. He's the one who created this culture, and he needs to make it right. And maybe he's still taking that time, and I know we got to go into that too of what his statements are or are going to be. But if that's how Zach Britton feels while this team's already reported to spring training, it wasn't done soon enough, in my opinion. And for now, Britton to say that, it kind of, it kind of just exposes the negative environment that Herman's bringing and it, and it better be salvaged pretty quickly. Right. I just don't know what the Yankees are going to do in, at this point, I mean, I realistically, they should just release him right now. It's be we're a week or five days or yeah. whatever it is into spring training, and it's already become too much of a distraction and a headache. Yep. That Aaron Boone has had to talk to him, and he was actually uh, Herman uh, was actually supposed to speak to the team today, uh, and he didn't. And let me <laughs> see if I have the uh, what he's the statement released through Yankee PR. Uh, it is important. This is a statement from Herman through Yankees PR. It is important to me that I have the opportunity to speak directly with my teammates, both individually and collectively and address them face to face before I speak to the media and our fans. This process has begun, but more time is needed, especially since half our team has yet to report to spring training. I recognize that speaking publicly will be an important step for me and I will do so in the upcoming days. That was from Herman earlier today. Yeah, I mean, again, I always sure. go. I always somebody, go. It definitely, somebody definitely wrote that for him. I always go back to risk reward with anyone in in any context. And for me, like, if this is the the trouble or the distraction that Domingo Herman's causing already, um, he's not worth it. Like, he's he's. I'm not saying he can't or that he wouldn't be a big piece to this puzzle. If he comes back effective, I'm not saying that they don't necessarily wouldn't benefit from Herman being great, but do they need him to win a world series? No. Is this, is this player worth three years now? We're going on three years of this being a story, right? Three seasons. Yeah. Three seasons, three seasons seasons worth of a story. It isn't worth it. 
just for that alone. It's too much of a distraction. There's too much that as fans we should be celebrating and and guys coming back yeah. that are re-signed that are coming back, you know, and 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 winning a World Series. I it it sucks that this is still a story and it yeah, and it, it just keeps getting worse and it keeps getting worse and worse and it's like how and is now, it worth and now it? the player rep now the player rep is speaking out against it. Yep. And that's your player rep because you have to assume that if he wasn't speaking as the representative of the New York Yankees because that's what a player rep he represents the players of the team, then you have to assume that he was speaking on behalf of the players on the Yankees. And if it was Zach Britton talking on his own, he most likely and that's an assumption on my end, he but he I would assume that he would have uh, stated that ahead of time. Look, I know I'm the player rep, but speaking as an individual here, I think, and and say your statement. But he didn't say that. Yeah, I think we can all the Yankees. I think we can all say that Zach Burton seems like a fairly responsible guy, and he knows the kind of weight that his words hold when he when he makes answers questions such as Domingo Herman, another player, not not necessarily of things of himself. I think he's responsible enough to know that the direct assumption is going to be that he's speaking on behalf of the team. So I don't think Britain just makes that statement without discussing it with the team. You know, the only thing more disgusting than what Domingo Herman did is some of the people that have replied to some of my Domingo Herman tweets today. Uh, you, you can't, you know, like blaming the media for making this a big deal. He, Domingo Herman, beat a woman, scared her so badly she locked herself in a fucking closet. That's the media's fault. Yeah, no. You, you got to take responsibility Yan- for your actions. I mean, and then man. somebody else told me today that the Yankees, uh, the Yankee team themselves, are acting like high school children. This is a high school. This is some bullshit high school drama, because Domingo Herman smacked the shit out of a woman. Yeah, no, in, in no way or, is it okay. Or, or what I was just answering to right now is that if we, we as Americans, interfere, the Dominican Republic will hate us because we are interfering with their cultural norms. <laughs> there's a lot of there's. Sorry to break it to to everybody. There's a lot of cultural norms across the world that. Um, any moral human being wouldn't agree with. And that's part of the reason why there's wars and why we try and bring peace and whatever. There's a lot of shit. And this is definitely one of them. So, so even if it's okay, even if it's okay. And I I know we have people from the Dominican Republic that listen to the show and I'm not meaning to insult you because I think you're, you know, to you're all great people, you know, and I don't mean to look, down upon your country. That's not what I'm doing here because I don't think it's true. No, I we're just quoting people who I are stating. I don't this. think that. I don't think that a civilized country would feel that way. But even if it was okay there to do that, he smacked her up in fucking New York. Yeah. There, there. None of that overseas shit flies when he did that here. Doesn't it? Doesn't matter if it's okay. It doesn't fucking matter if it's okay anywhere. It matters if it's okay to you as a human being, as an individual. Do you, you never agree try with to it? Find an excuse to condone what he did. Right. If if you believe as a, again as an individual that a man should never place his hands on a woman, 
then it doesn't matter where he's from or what the culture is or what you assume the culture is. Okay. And if you're okay with it, it's a free country. You can have your own thoughts. That's fine. You are just a piece of shit scumbag and I don't want to be anywhere near you. And that's where we lose things here in America. It's like you're free to think or say however you feel. That's the beauty of, of this country. And, and you know what? People think like, oh, hate speech and, and if you have bad thoughts and whatever. No, that's how we sort out who's a scumbag and who isn't, right? Like if you didn't have someone defending this guy like we did on Twitter, we wouldn't know who, the, who doesn't have their morals straight or who does. There's one bad guy in this story, and it's Domingo Herman, and it always will be. We, we can we can blame the media for a lot of things. We know over the past four or five years, we can get into all that when we have nothing else to talk about. If you really want to, yeah, I mean, across but America, they're the least trusted institution you in the country. Blame, you cannot blame a newspaper beat writer for asking Zach Britton what he thinks about Domingo Herman. That's a question that needs to be asked. And, and of course, everybody's going to be picked up on it because it's spring training and it's a story that you have a domestic, a guy that's just served a suspension for domestic abuse on the New York Yankees. And it's something that the Yankees, look, the Yankees are very, very intelligent when it comes to media stuff. I mean, they prep their guys night and day for how to handle certain things. The Yankees knew very well that this would be, no matter who they picked up in the offseason, no matter how well built they would be for for a World Series run, they knew this would be the the leading story at a spring training. So again, you have to ask yourself, like, if you're the Yankees, did you weigh this enough? Did you weigh out the pros and cons of keeping him enough? Because this is already annoying me that it just seems to, it's not something that seems like it's on the road to being resolved. As If you look, go ahead. No, no, I'm just saying internally, at least, you know. If you look at this on the field, and this team is trying to compete for a title this year, is Domingo Herman, the pitcher, a piece that you would say would be a valuable piece towards winning a title this year? Say that one more say that one more time because I think just I take Domingo just take Domingo Herman the pitcher okay. and what you expect out of him on the field in between the white lines of a baseball field on the diamond. Yeah. This team is trying to compete for a World Series this year. I would say that a prohibitive favorite in the American League right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is Domingo Herman a valuable piece to this team and what they're trying to accomplish this year? I think you were a little distracted when I was making my point before. I think you were trying to find a quote or something. But I was saying, will the Yankees benefit from him being coming back and being strong and effective? Of course. But do they actually need him to win a World Series? No. Right. So is what, but what he brings is it, is it worth the headache that he's causing? No, right that's now? what I'm saying. You have to, I was saying the, risk this reward this with this double, guy. Yeah, but this is, again, this is a double standard in sports, right? Domingo Herman is a, is a fourth, fifth starter, a swing guy in the bullpen. He's not Aaron Judge. Yeah. He's not DJ LeMayu. He's not Garrett Cole. And it wouldn't make vital... what he did any better. No, That's not I, the point no, Christian's trying to make here. It absolutely would not make That's it. It's not any the better. point he's trying to make. The point he's trying to make is that when when you normally when you see teams keep guys like this, it's a selfish and greedy thing because they're taking the importance of winning and making money 
over their moral values of what the person actually did. And usually when that happens, it's a superstar guy who is not an expendable player. And Herman does not meet that criteria. No, this is the double standard in sports. You look past shit that you wouldn't look past if the guy's a superstar. Yeah, it happens all the time. And that's why this is such a question about whether or not he should be on the team because of what he... Look, Domingo Herman, the pitcher, can contribute to a lot of wins on this team. We all know that. But he's he's not one of the core guys. He's not a guy that you're really... You would say if you lost him, the Yankees' chances of winning this year go down right. drastically. Right. But let's. I. I don't want. I'm just going to say his name because he's the ace of the staff, and he's you know he's one of their best players. If Garrett Cole was accused of this, nobody's going out there and saying, "Oh, well, should the Yankees get rid of Garrett Cole?" You want to know right. why? Because if the Yankees don't have Garrett Cole, they don't win the World Series this year. And again, it doesn't make it right if Garrett Cole had done something like that. But you know, no. But naturally, you're you're opened up to accepting an apology and moving on from it if it's Garrett Cole as opposed to Domingo Herman. I did what here. You want to read? I'll read you what Lindsey Adler wrote in the Athletic today. This is fucking frightening. Okay, this is absolutely frightening that a that a man would do this to another woman. Do you need a minute to pull it up? I have it right here. Okay. Okay. In September 2019, Herman and his girlfriend attended a charity gala held by then-teammate CeCe Sabathia. Many of Herman's 2019 teammates were also there with their families. Herman slapped his girlfriend at the event, sources said, but the MLB investigation focused primarily on what happened at home later that night. According to multiple sources, including a person with knowledge of the investigation, Herman was intoxicated and became physically violent toward his girlfriend until she hid in a locked room. The victim is said to have contacted the wife of another player and and the couple drove to Herman's house that night. The victim remained with the teammate's wife and while the player attempted to calm down Herman, who was said to have been angry and belligerent. This she that is just that's fucking disgusting and it's disgusting and it it just goes against like someone trying to make the excuse and disgusting justification of it as being a cultural norm to maybe be more aggressive towards women in the Dominican Republic. I don't know if that's true or false. I'd, I'd have to imagine just that it's false, but maybe it's not. I don't know. Never researched any of that. But this is beyond that now. Now this goes back to going home. So you're saying men in the Dominican Republic, the culture there is to smack smack your girlfriend in public and then go home and frighten her enough with physical aggression that she has to lock herself in a room? Why would any women be with any men in the Dominican Republic if that were true? Well, that's according to... and. and- <laughs> The guy's name on the per—I well, don't know—it could be a woman. The person's name on Twitter who came up with his name is uh, Christian Freedom, and they have uh, they have Bible quotes in their bio. Mm. So you're you're defending a woman beater. And look, maybe he's yet- not defending him. Maybe he's just trying. Maybe he learned something at one point or another, and he's bringing it up. And he's maybe he's not necessarily trying Chris, to. We justify know how they it. treat women in the in the Middle East. We know how they do that yes. over there, right? Yeah. Do you defend that and say, "Oh, that's no. the culture over there"? No. So no. there's no logical reason to e- to even breach that subject of saying, "Well, that's how they treat women over there." So fuck it. Who cares? Yeah. No. It's 
again, it's disgusting. I'm, I'm just, I'm talking about the person's context who tweeted it. We don't know through a tweet. And again, this is an issue with communication. We don't know through a tweet what his actual purpose was, his or her purpose was of, of saying what he said. Maybe he was just trying to say that this is a normal, he wasn't trying to make it okay, but at no, the but end- when he said, oh, but when, but the, the, not to get too far into this tweet here because we have more important things to talk about. But when that person goes on to say that they would be pissed off at us for interfering, that's almost as defending it because that's what they do over there. So let's leave them alone so they don't get mad at us. And who cares if they're mad at us? Like, are we threatened by, as a country, as, you know, mil- militarily speaking, are we threatened <laughs> by Dominican, the Dominican Republic? Like, we should Again, we not, should let's not go down that road. Oh no, I'm just I'm speaking in a in a sense of morals here. Like who cares I'm, if they I'm get angry saying, at us? Like, we're supposed to speak out for what's right and what's wrong. And this is clearly saying, something that's just This is just three instances. This is just three instances of people that are kind of defending Herman here. You cannot defend what the guy did. If he took if he takes the mound for the Yankees I don't want to say that I have to look past it, but you know, do you hope that, especially early in April, the guy gets fucking rocked and he has a ten ERA and the Yankees just cut bait at that point, kind of where it doesn't do too much to the to the to the it doesn't do too much damage to the season? I guess maybe that's the way to go. Yeah, listen, I, I don't know. I got to say this. I got to be completely honest. I'm not justifying it if it were just a slap at the party. Okay, that's still fucking wrong. But I'd be more willing to hear what Domingo Moran had to say. I'd be more willing to hear how he's controlled this and, and become a better person. And I'd be more willing to accept his apology and to hope that this second chance he's getting, he makes the most of and that he's a changed person, so on and so forth. This story that came out with Lindsay Adler, where not only did he do that, but he went home and continued this behavior to a point where she felt so threatened. She had to lock herself in a room. Now you're just going beyond a mistake in a moment, right? Mistakes happen all the time. You can grade them on a scale from one to 10, 10 being the most outrageous. Even if you want to make that mistake a 10 mistakes happen in the heat of the moment, it shouldn't ever happen, but maybe they can. And maybe you accept apologies and hope and give a person a second chance to me this went beyond that now and if i knew this going into knowing that domingo herman was going to stay on this team i cannot sit here and say that i'd be okay with the yankees doing it and i'm actually disgusted that he's on this team i am right not again you do not because if you talk about it without prefacing it, then people think you condone it. So I do not condone it in any way. But if he got angry and just a one-time thing slapped her, as bad as that is. And immediately regretted and that, it and, and it knew it was wrong. It, and it ended it right there. I was a one-time thing. I'm sorry. I regret my actions. I should never have done it. I'm sorry. And you say, And you say everybody deserves a second chance. You have to earn the second chance, but everybody deserves one. I'm big in second chances. The fact that it continued at home showed he had no regret, no remorse for what he did. And that's a person that you don't need in this clubhouse. Sorry. 
Let another team give him a second chance at that point, man. Seriously, that's how I feel. And once that guy, uh, Rye, said, didn't we know that when I texted the, the story to you guys earlier and SGR said, didn't we know this? We knew the first part of it. That whole right, thing about right. him going home and still terrorizing her, that's new. That's that, that was I don't think that was out there before. Because and that does so. and now that now that we're and now that we're talking about it, that does shed a whole new light on it. Yeah. It does. It does because when you look at it in the context of he slapped her at the party and it was just like he, he was drunk, he got angry. Again, like Christian said, prefacing don't condone that either. But when when you hear that story and you're imagining it in your head, what you also imagine is Domingo Herman's a good person who made a bad mistake in the moment. And ultimately he's going to realize that mistake and never let it happen again. But now when you get this other story, the more detailed story, now any good thing you could have ever thought about Domingo Herman as a person goes away because when you act upon something like that, it clearly shows it wasn't a mistake and this is who you are as a human being. That you think it, this is okay. And what it also shows to me is that he, he probably did it again. He did it. He probably did it. It probably wasn't the first time times. and maybe it wasn't the last. We don't know. We hope it was. But this is a person who clearly um, isn't someone I would want as my teammate. And again, now people, now the next thing people always want to go to. Oh boy, you froze. Is you keep that same energy for Rollers Chapman. Said it plenty of times on this show. We don't condone what Rollers Chapman did either. No, we don't. No. Even if, even if now you read the police report because the cops were called on that incident and she showed no uh, visible signs of uh, abuse and she didn't press charges and you want to take it at the cops word her word that he didn't actually hit her. He's still a fucking lunatic for getting in an argument with his girl and going to shoot off a gun in his fucking garage. That's not normal behavior. No. It is definitely not. That's why he tried. And 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 we've, we've, when did he come here? 16, right? It was 2016 he got traded here. And then he got shipped off to the Cubs. So he's pretty much been a Yankee since 2016 because he came back in 2017. We've seen this guy now, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. It'll be the sixth year he's been with the Yankees. We've seen this guy plenty of times to know that he's not all there upstairs. No. He tried to fucking kill Mike Brasso last year. I don't care what anybody. Oh, it, I don't care what anybody said. The guy throws a hundred and one mile an hour fastball. He's got, and we know, we know that he doesn't have the control all the time. But he's got enough control to know yeah. that that ball was coming up at his fucking head last oh, year. Yeah. Okay, he's not a sane person. We're not condoning what he did in his house in 2015 or whenever it was. He got suspended also for uh, having a domestic disturbance. Because remember, that's why the Yankees literally sent uh, a fungo and uh, a used bag of Cracker Jacks in uh, in a single A pitcher over there to get him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the premier closers in baseball. That's how they got him. And again, what happened? Now the Cubs needed a closer, and oh, you know, we'll just we'll just look past that and we'll send their top prospect over there because we need to win a World Series. Yep. And <laughs> this is what we're talking about with the double standard in sports. Chapman is an elite pitcher. He is. I know Yankee fans don't want to hear it because <laughs> we, he's ended the season in a heartbreak to it the last three years, but or the past two years. He's but he's an elite pitcher. I think we can all say that he's an elite closer in this league. Yeah, so you look past it a little bit. You're like, hey, it's not even. You, you know, know what? It's let's not even say that. Let's just keep it as simple as this. 
let's just keep it as simple as asking yourself, can you see, whether you agree with it or not, can you see why the Yankees would forgive Chapman for what he did based on his talent? And the answer is yes. You can see why they would do it. Not that it's okay. Not that you agree with it, but you can see why the Yankees would do it. And the Cubs. And the Cubs. But now you ask that same question with Domingo Herman and what we know. The answer is no. I don't see how or why the Yankees are letting this guy put pinstripes back on. I don't see it. I just don't. Right. And, and another couple of differences between uh, Herman and Chapman. We don't know if he hit her. We don't know. Apparently he didn't. He, oh, we know he's got a few said. screws loose. And we don't right. have any proof of anything else after that. And we have no proof of anything else after that. He apparently has been a model citizen since. So if that, even if he, again, do not condone it. But even if he did strike her, choke her that night, it would seem to be a one-time isolated incident where he realized that he was wrong, took the steps to repent, and has been a... For, for being a fucking psycho, a model citizen since then. Mm-hmm. Domingo Herman has not shown that he gets it. We've seen the, the bullshit that he's pulled on social media just this week. Where, Look, bro, the second or third day of spring training where your manager has to sit down and talk to you about the dumb shit you do on social media after you return to the team for beating your girlfriend is a fucking distraction that nobody needs. Aaron Boone should not have Domingo Herman in his office coming off of what he did to speak to him about how he does what he does on social media. That just shows me he doesn't get it, that he's not sorry for what he did. And there's no need for this fucking statement today either. No. Well, half my team's not And it here. sucks we have to spend this much time talking about it. Like, Speak to the fucking guy. You know what, Chris? If half the team's not here, let's speak to the guys that are here. Talk to them. Get that out of the way. Why is the air not cleared with Zach Britton? He puts you on fucking blast in front of everybody. Yeah, like... I should be the first guy you talk to. This should have been resolved sure beforehand. Pains, Zach Britton, he probably had to go up there, and that's probably another reason why Zach Britton said what he said. As his player rep, he probably had to go out there and fucking fight for Domingo Herman. Yeah. Yeah, it's just not... You're just... It's just not okay. Like, this should have been resolved by now. And, and I should have said this before... Like, I'm just thinking about it in my head and not to harp on the tweet that was sent to us. I'm not trying to attack this person who's saying it's culture in Dominican Republic. I've had a, I have a lot of Dominican friends and have had in the past. I know no story of or any seen any signs of them thinking it's okay that to hit their wives or girlfriends or any woman. So if that's true and you're going to make that accusation, you better come with some proof. Maybe a small percentage of of Dominicans see that as cultural behavior. But guess what? So, so do Americans. So does anywhere in the world. So that's no justification. You, you just there, There's no justifying what this guy did. Uh, SGR, you're being kind of quiet over there. You He's just hung over. He's just soaking it all in. He's like a sponge right now. Yeah, guys. he's like a sponge. He's trying to he's trying to rebuild his brain at this yeah. point, and he's letting and his brain. Saying, you're saying you're you're saying the things that I'm I'm thinking alongside of you. You know, it's just, it's 
it's a lot, but I'm also really, really shot right now. Really shot. I'm not. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm tired. So right now, as we sit here on uh, February 21st, we have no real. There's no real no resolution. It just seems like he's going to be on this team. I mean, if you are Hal Steinbrenner, don't you have to tell Brian Cashman, look, I don't even care if we what happens at this point. He's got to go. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I mean, there, there's just no other no other way to put it. It just seems that, like, I keep I just keep getting to the point here where it's like I don't – again, I don't condone it. And even if it went back to how it went back when they got back to the house that night, it just seems to me that he still doesn't get it. He still doesn't get it. Yeah, that, that's the problem. Wasting his, Aaron Boone should not be wasting his time the second or third day of spring training talking to this guy about what he does in social media. Yeah, that's the that's biggest guy, problem. That's a guy that doesn't get that doesn't get it. Can he be that fucking tone deaf to what he did? Yeah, I mean, this, this is when we, you know, everyone says don't judge a book by its cover, right? Well, we, we've pretty much read the whole book now. And he's, I haven't turned to any pages where I've seen anything different than a guy who just not only doesn't know how to behave and act and respect other people, but doesn't really show any signs of remorse or, or any signs of being a changed person. And in that sense, there's no time for that. There's, I'm sorry. Like, just like we talk about prospects who haven't made a major league impact yet, and we don't have any time for that bullshit right now. Like, we don't have any time for this kind of bullshit either. We need to win a World Series. We don't need to worry about how Domingo Herman is going to interact with players and if he's a changed person right now. This is something that they don't need. They do not need it. It's become way it's become way too much of a story now. Yep. And I and you want to blame somebody for that. It's obviously it's Domingo Herman's fault. He's the one that committed the offense. But Zach Britton made sure that it would it became a story of what he said. Now, you know, you again, you're not taking any of the blame away from Domingo Herman because he's a fucking scumbag that did this, okay? And now we find out that he's a real we always thought he was a piece of shit, but now he's just on another fucking level because he decided he was going to take it home and scare the girl into fucking locking herself in a closet that she had to call somebody to calm this son of a bitch down. But the reason why this blew up the way it did is because Zach Britton stood in front of the media and said what he said. Do you agree that Zach Britton should have said something like that to the media? Or is that something that needs to be said behind closed doors that it doesn't get out. My first, this isn't that this isn't a story. My first take on it all was you don't say that out loud until you've sat down and spoken with the player himself. And he's had a chance to talk to everyone. But the more I'm reading into this now, I'm seeing it from a different perspective. I'm seeing it from a guy in Zach Britton who is speaking on behalf of everyone. And everyone's frustrated that this isn't resolved in this and they clearly don't see a different person or at least anyone who's making an attempt to show that he's grown from this. And I think Zach Britton felt it was his responsibility to call out the Yankees at this point. He wasn't really calling out Domingo Herman, right? I mean, like we all know that any decent human being doesn't really want to be around this guy, 
But at this point, because of Domingo Herman's lack of, of motivation to, to make things right, now Zach Burton has nothing left to do but kind of take a shot at the Yankee organization that he can't choose his teammates, that the Yankees chose the, cho- choose his teammates for him, and they chose someone that no one wants around. And I think that that's where you just have to leave it. I mean, that his shot was not at Domingo Herman, in my opinion. His shot was at the Yankee organization. And if he's speaking on behalf of an entire clubhouse, that's not a good culture. That's not a World Series winning culture to start the season right now. And that's shit that we don't need. I think being called the player rep, I think that alone justifies him saying, speaking on the matter publicly, because you were chosen to represent the players of yeah. the Yankees. You're, you're the voice of the Yankees, of the players. So whatever you want to say, we're, we're, we're allowing you to say it because we're the guy, you're the guy we picked. To, to represent us. So, you know, it, yeah, it, it creates a little bit of fuel to the fire. It adds a little bit to it. Whatever that phrase is that I've just butchered. You're drunk. But to the fire. I think you had yeah, it. Yeah, you had it. the fire. I had it. You I had it. it. You know, You're if, getting there. If, that, if that's how he feels, then I'm in total agreement with, with him speaking his mind and, and representing the players. All right, so unless there's anything else that you guys really want to uh, break down about Herman, I think we're all in agreement that as of now, based on the new information that we have, that he's kind of he's got to go. I don't think yeah. it's worth to dist- look. Again, you're trying to you try not to sound like somebody that condones this because you fucking don't. But it's just not worth a distraction no. right now. Is it worth him pitching seven innings? Right, or he has a great start, and then Britain comes in the game, and like, how is he going to feel like it? That's how he feels about this guy. He's going to have to come and relieve him. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's tough that, to put that behind potentially, you. Potentially, it, it becomes a whole, there's there's so much more to it, and it becomes that question of, is it worth it? Is is all the off-the-field stuff worth the on-the-field? Who knows? Man. Yeah. But you get what I'm saying. Yeah. You so know, let's see it, what that, the fans. That could go. That, that would suck. Let's see what the fans had to say. This week's uh, Twitter question was, what was your reaction to Zach Britton's you don't get to control who your teammates are? Comments regarding Domingo Herman. So we'll just read a few here. Uh, There's one that I wanted to bring up because I wanted to touch on this actual point that he makes. Martin Stazanzo says, love what Britton said. I'm tired of the keep it in the clubhouse narrative. Britton wanted to make it clear that Herman, what Herman did was unacceptable. Now, here's what I take issue with. Silence can be interpreted as compliance. Mm-hmm. And he goes on to say Britton wants no part of, of, tox, of that toxicity. I don't, I don't really like that, that line there, that silence can be interpreted as compliance. Because I think it, this also uh, leans into some stuff that's been happening out in the real world, so to speak, here. Where if you don't speak up on something, you're compliant with it. Which I don't agree with. Just because you don't come out and, def- and, and denounce something doesn't mean that you're in favor of it. That's, my, that's just what I want to say about that. I don't know if you guys agree or disagree with that. Like, if you don't come out and say, oh, racism is bad, that means you're a racist. It's not fucking true. No. Just because you don't come out and say, oh, don't, you know, you know, the Holocaust was bad. It just, you know, that means you were in con- condone what the Nazis did. It, it's not fucking true. And I don't, and that part of the statement I don't like. And I just, and that goes beyond baseball and what was happening with, uh, with Herman here. Silence doesn't mean compliance, in no. my opinion. And I know people are going to disagree with me on that, and that's fine. 
but I don't agree with that. No, look, you, you're responsible for yourself. You're responsible for your family. And that's where your focus should be. Just because you're silent doesn't necessarily mean you're compliant. It means that you are focused on things internally, making sure that your own family, your own offspring aren't going to be bad people and have good morals and, and so on and so forth. So I don't necessarily think that's true at all. I don't agree with that statement at all, especially in a culture where if you speak up you and say the wrong thing, you're friggin' murdered. Um, but I think Britain just felt he had a responsibility at this point. And again, I was, I was more of a keep it in the clubhouse type of reaction when I, when I looked at it as him making a dig at Domingo Herman, not that Domingo Herman shouldn't get friggin' scolded for it. I'm just saying as a, a clubhouse reason reasons right now, you got to keep that internally until the situation comes to some type of resolve, whether it's him being shipped out or you're letting giving him a second chance. But now I see it as a dig at the Yankees, and I think it was something Britain felt absolutely needed to be said. So I'm on board with it. All right, how you you really want to read a winner of a fucking comment here? Yes. How about at, at Mac ninety five er? Britain seems like an asshole of a teammate. I hope Herman wins twenty games this year. Mm. Solid fiver in there. It's solid. Really. I mean, do you, do you even want to like get mad about that? Because nah. this person is a. Fucking, I don't let comments like troll. that get me mad. It has to be yeah. like a troll comment, right? Yeah, I don't let comments like that. Because anger if you me. really think Britain is the fucking asshole here, I need you just need to remove yourself from society. Yeah, I agree. The other Ryan Stadium status. I was, I was upset that he that he let it leave the clubhouse as I think any personal issue should be handled internally. But now that it's out there and he expresses frustration, maybe they can move on and just play ball. I'm a big believer in not letting things linger around. Yeah. I mean, they're faced with the situation that the players can't necessarily control. The only way they can control it is by speaking out the way Britain did and, and to see what happens. That's why I'm on board now with the Yankees just cutting ties because it doesn't seem like anyone really wants them there. And we'll read last one last run here from at David Rifkin. He was asked a direct question, and as one of the leaders of the team and league, I like that he gave a direct answer. How has provided similar sentiments? If Herman isn't self-aware enough to clear the air with his team and knock off the social media BS, then it's time to move on. And that last sentence right there, he isn't. He is not self-aware enough to know. And that's my issue. That's my biggest issue on top, not with what he did, but with the person I need to see that I'm okay with rooting for and being on this team. And that's seeing a guy who has made us confident and made his teammates confident and his family confident that he has changed as a person and sees what he did as being as disturbing and evil as it was. And it just doesn't, isn't showing that. So, you know, I don't like to, I don't like to bring the show down with this negative bullshit. Time to bring it up. baby. Now it's time to bring it up. There was some news that broke. Uh, was it Friday? Friday, right? I think Friday, yeah. Yeah. Friday there's night. A, there's a, yeah, a return to the Bronx. A longtime Yankee will stay a longtime Yankee. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. Are you going to announce it? You're going to announce the news? I thought you, you wanted to. You no, no, you I have information. Plan. I wanted you to break the news, obviously, in case anyone lives under a rock who we're talking about. 
Yeah, Brett Gardner is back, a one-year deal. Uh, he'll be here in 2021. Uh, John Heyman reported that there is also a option on the contract. I'm assuming it's a Yankee team option. I haven't followed up. Yeah, or club seen. option for 2022. All right, so they're uh, reached a deal on a one-year contract worth $4 million with club and team options for 22. Why would you ask me to break the news? You know SGR's got the, got it in place, <laughs> So Since the name changed. For yeah, me, it was like true. Cashman made his statements about Guardy, and like it kind of seemed like he would, could take him or leave him. And then like Cashman made the deals with Kluber and Tyon, and then he picked up Jay Bruce and, right. and whoever else. And then it was like it kind of just seems like he forgot about Guardy, and then out of nowhere – you texted me that guard is a Yankee. And it was like, I need to reach out to someone, one of our close sources with the Yankees. And I need to figure out like, if there's anything behind this and I can't, and this person couldn't attest to if this was the reason why Cashman ended up signing him. But she leaked audio to me that Gardner sent directly. I don't know if it was a voicemail. I don't know if he mailed it to him, but she so leaked. This is actually Gardner. Yeah, this is what Gardner sent directly to Guardia, Cashman's yeah. office, not to anyone else. I'm sure everyone in the organization has heard it at this point. I'm only going to play like two minutes or so. I don't want to drag it out. If you stay till the end of the episode, I'll play the remaining bit of it. And if you if you subscribe to our YouTube channel, I'll post it as a completely separate video. It's like five, almost five minutes long, but I'll play like two and a half minutes. So sit back. And just kind of enjoy it. Take of it what it is and, and you know, we'll run from there. But this is what Guardy sent directly to Cashman. Um, and it could have been why he ended up being signed. Get up. 
fucking knew the guard dog could lay holy the like that. did you know he Dude. could sing unreal i mean i don't know for sure but if i'm cashman i'm calling him right up and and lending him a contract at that point have, yeah immediate and was that minka did he, he get fought. minko to harmonize with him i i think i think i heard minko harmonizing with him there at, at some point that was john minko you know the funny thing is is that <clears throat> that's Derek jeter's i was gonna song. say too he took a he stole a page from jeter's took, book took a shot ah. at Derek jeter yeah that was you took think it was a shot you think it was a shot i think it was a shot because you know why i think he sent that uh he did that song because i have it on good authority that he tried to uh, sign a deal with the Marlins, and Jeter told him, "No, I don't want you." Mm, so this was his so shot. I got this it. was his shot back at Derek Jeter. Wow! Inside scoop. You don't get it anywhere else. You don't guys. get that. I got that on a whim, man. I reached out out of nowhere, and and I got a got gold in return. So. So last week Sorry. we probably spent half the show arguing about how there was no spot on Brett Gardner for this team, and now Brett Gardner is back on this team. Yeah, well, we didn't really argue it. We were kind of just no, trying I mean, to make we sense in. of it. Yeah, right. And, and and my point was there's never necessarily a time where the Yankees had to be like, yes, we need Brett Gardner or else we don't win a World Series. So, like, you never really had to justify it other than the tangible, the intangible, you know, things that, you know, surround baseball, I guess you can say. And that's like, this guy's a veteran. He's a guy that you want leading the clubhouse. He's a guy with that's been a Yankee longer than anyone. And he's a guy that the that the fans, you know, he deserves to hear the fans' appreciation on his final day. And with all that, you get a contract. Right. And like we were saying with Herman with Britain, is that who what it's not always what is said, it's it's by uh it's it's more so sometimes who says who it. Says it. You should see. Did you see the reaction that a lot of his teammates had to Brett Gardner coming back? No, and I could only imagine. You guys universally loved and respected in that clubhouse. Of course he is, man. He's from fucking Holly Hill. Yeah, Judge, again, Judge tweeted about it. Clint Frazier tweeted about it. It was all over. And I know that uh, CeCe's not on a team anymore, but he also was very happy that, that Guardy's coming back. So, you know, those guys were longtime teammates. Um, I think now we can look at it from a, from a baseball perspective. If Brett Gardner wasn't on this team this year, I was okay with it. Uh, you know, he is what he is at this state, at this point in his life. Thirty seven years old. He's not a starting player anymore. He should not be a starting player anymore. If he is a starting player this year, again, like we've been saying a hundred times with other guys on this team, something went wrong. You know. Yeah. So. And I think, and I take it from this perspective first is that a lot of Yankee fans were upset that he came back. Why? And I, for for the life of me, I don't get it. Brett Gardner, and I think Sweeney Sweeney might have made Sweeney Murdy might have made this point. This guy has been completely underrated his entire career. He's not somebody. He's not somebody that came up in two thousand. Was two thousand eight? He came up. Was the first year he was here. 2008 was his first. I know he had a cup of coffee in 20, 2008. 2009 was his first like real season. He's not when he came up in 2008. He's not a guy that you would expect it that would have lasted till 2021 as a New York Yankee, and he's still here. Yeah, I've, I my respect for Gardy changed 
about five years ago or so, I think Gardner profiled as, as a guy that you were expecting certain things from. And because you were expecting those certain things, you were ignoring what he was actually doing on the field. And, and then on top of that, when you put aside what you were expecting of him and you looked at what he was actually doing, and then you saw him become a leader in the clubhouse, how could you not love the guy? I mean, honestly, like I used to knock him because to me, he was here for speed. The Yankees didn't have a lot of guys who could steal a bag. And I felt like the guy just never left first base when he should. Not only was that wrong to just focus on that and not anything else, but you come to learn when you really study the organization enough that they don't really believe in stealing bases. I mean, it's not like something that they really put any importance on. And you really look at what Gardner's done and you can easily say he's an extremely overrated player. I mean, underrated, underrated. Sorry. I mean, he's been, especially over the last few years, the guy's been fucking good, man. And he's been reliable. I mean, Gardner has been reliable since 2009. Right. You want to knock him for being 37 years old, but it seems like every time somebody drops, there's Brett Gardner ready to, to step in and play. Uh, every time. And he, and he plays for as long as you need him. Right. And I think a lot of people's problem was that they think that he's going to take playing time away from Clint Frazier. And I don't think that's the case. Brett, uh, Brett Gardner, Aaron Boone, prior to them signing uh, Brett Gardner. And it's not quote official yet because they need to make a 40 man roster move, but you know, uh, Boone did the old wink wink yesterday uh, at it when he was talking about it. He, uh, then he also said yesterday that Clint Frazier is the starting left fielder. Clint Frazier is the starting left fielder on this team, but that doesn't. And then people freaked out when Boone said a guy like Gardy will get plenty of playing time here. That doesn't mean that he's going to be the starting left fielder. That means as as much as we hope to God it's not the case, based on based on the track records, Hicks and Judge will get hurt. Can I? So there's going to. Who who were yes, the who were the four guys outside of Guardy who can play outfield right now for the Yankees? Name their top four. Your three. I guess you'd say your three starters. Okay. Who? Uh, Hicks, Judge, and, and Frazier. Okay, and then who would be your fourth? Would you want to say Mike Talkman would have been the fourth? No, no. Point? I'd John say Stanton. right. I'd say Stanton. I'm talking about like the main guys who you who you expect you know to be productive, right? right if, but if if Stan plays ten games in the outfield this year, I think that'll be a lot. Yes, I agree with you, but I'm just making a point here. Out of all those guys, whether it be health, be getting injured or just being incompetent and getting in their own head and not being productive out of those four guys. Can you name one that you can confidently say none of that will happen to that? They won't get that many that they won't get injured or they, or they won't slump. You can, and you have to be fair about it. You can't. And at that point, won't, don't you want a guy who you can, who you know is reliable and can still be productive? Right, Cause I think the argument here is not, well, he's going to take time away from Clint Frazier. No, the guy that really should be feeling it right now is Mike Talkman. Now he has no spot on this team. There's no room for Mike Talkman. No. Absolutely. And at 30 none. years old and, and being a complete bum last year. And again, like we always say, you know, what, what do you really want to make out of 2020? What I want to make out of 2020 is that 
Mike Tockman was a complete non-factor. He looked completely fucking lost out there. Yeah. He looked like he had no clue what he was doing at the plate. And so much so that he made Tyler Wade look like fucking Ken Griffey Jr. That's how bad he looked <clears throat> at the plate last year. Yeah, and that's another point I meant to make during my uh during my thing before just now. Um you think the Yankees baby their players now? They just went a full season where they only played 60 games. And now they have to get get ready to play 162. So they haven't played 162 game season in 2 years now. You think the Yankees aren't going to want to give these guys more rest than normal, especially the guys who are injury prone? Without being a starting player, I can easily see how Brett Gardner starts 100 games this year. Absolutely. Easily. Absolutely. Think about it. We we love Aaron Judge. We do. And I know Stack Guy right hates him for some reason. He must have stiffed him at an autograph yeah, show him. or some shit. But yeah, yeah, I hate I hate him. I hate Aaron Judge. <laughs> Triggered guy right now. TGR. TGR. But we how many times have I said it? Aaron Judge needs to play at least 145 games this year, right? Yeah. If this guy doesn't do, if this guy is completely healthy this year, that number will not even, he won't even come close to that fucking number. There's no way the Yankees let this guy play 145 games this year if he's completely healthy. Where do you think he's going to sit? Like 135, 140? That's the max that he's going to play. Right. The same thing with Aaron Hicks. We know Aaron Hicks is, is one good sneeze away from an oblique injury. Oh, forget it. But even if again, even if again, if Aaron Hicks is healthy, He's not playing more than 135, 140 games. Right there, that's 30 starts for each guy. That's 60 games. There you go. Then, then boom, you know Clint Frazier's not playing 162. I looked at it today. Clint Frazier, the most games he's played in the major leagues is 69. Good number. 69 games. Nice. Intentionally. He could have played 70 that one year. Booney, sit me out. I hit I hit my mark, <laughs> please. He was going to start the last game of the year in 2018. What guy doesn't what guy who knows how Gardner is in the clubhouse doesn't want him there? Like what guy uh, uh, what Paul, guy in the clubhouse well, is upset about this? I'll give this? you two guys. Clint Frazier cuz he stole his fucking turtlenecks. And okay. now Mike Talkman because he's like you old motherfucker, will you please get out of here <laughs> yeah. so I can I can be the fourth outfielder. Yeah, I just never got on the talk train. No, I think everybody was kind of on the talk train in 19. Oh, yeah, it was great, like a, but we all had our... looked like he could have been a competent player. You thought he was another one of these diamonds that Brian Cashman found. And then he looked, and out there last year, the guy... What was his slugging percentage last year? 200? Did the guy have an extra base hit last year? <laughs> Did he have a base hit at all? I like yeah, don't I like don't remember Mike Talkman last year. I remember um I remember him on base like once and you, and I looked up and I was like fuck is he doing there? Yeah. He had a, a 305 slug. Shut the fuck up. Compared to a 504 <laughs> in 2019. Yeah, so that's where the big discrepancy is like that 304 felt like a 104. But you look at the on-base percentage in 2019 it was 361 in 2020. It was 342. So he's he still finds a way to get on base. Yeah. Does Brian, does pinch Brian, running count well for that? With, he might uh, go up there with a fucking celery stick because that's about as useful as his bat is. Yeah, I don't think the Yankees have uh, a lot riding yeah, on Mike Talkman to uh, fill any shoes. And I wouldn't honestly like 
I'm not I'm not trying to be unfair to Talkman because he did have a great 2019 for them. But the fact that everyone had their doubts of like that being a fluke and then he comes back last year and he just really doesn't contribute in any big way. Are you telling me you'd rather that guy still right, well, over, over Gardner? Play last year, Talkman. Uh, he played 43. So he played most of the season. Wow. Yeah. Why do I? N- 43 out of the 60 games. Does it show how many games he started, though? No. Not here. Because I, 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 I remember Talkman coming into a lot of games. Right, but Judge, you also remember Judge was hurt, you know. Right. Hicks, Hicks didn't start. Hicks did it. Did he start season on time? He might have because of, of COVID. I don't he remember. did, yes. But he didn't play every day. I think he so, started in 27 games. There you go. I mean, that's. Half the, yeah, but still, that's half the season. That was half the season last year. Mm-hmm. The guy's a wet noodle. Yeah, but you that want to go one further. The guy's Ooh. a limp dick. He's a limp <clears throat> dick at the plate. He d- yeah. He for a th- guy. I mean, come on. The guy carries a the guy carries a piece of wood up there, and uh, you know, the, sometimes the jokes write themselves. Yeah, I mean, the guy uh, that 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 twenty seven number though makes more sense to me in my brain. Like, of of how many games he started, if he didn't, if Judge didn't get hurt, then how many games he's starting? 12 i mean that's like nothing but going back to the point about frazier he has not played at 70 games in a major league season yeah so what are you expecting out of him this year he's not going to go from 70 to 150 especially the way the yankees rest their guys and again somebody brought this point up to me today Oh well, you know Boone said that Frazier was left fielder last year, and then Gardner played in the postseason. There's a big difference between playing in a short postseason series and playing 162. You don't have time to let guys ride out slumps when you're in a in a postseason series. I would never, and we'll we'll talk about Gary Sanchez in a couple of minutes here. I don't want Kyle Gashioka being the fucking starting catcher over Gary Sanchez over one in 162, but. In the division series last year, he absolutely deserved to fucking play over Gary Sanchez. Yeah, because Gary Sanchez had zero value at that point. You have no time to sit there and, and coddle egos and see if a guy's going to turn around and get hot in the postseason. The postseason's about, yeah, the regular season's about winning too, but the postseason, you have no time. You lose two games, you're done. No, the and, the, and, over. and the thing with Gary is like, It'd be a different story if the Yankees gave up on him midseason and he didn't have the opportunity to turn his shit around. But the Yankees, time and time again, ran him out there, which they should have. I'm not saying they were wrong, but when it comes to the postseason, you've had all that fucking time. If you still haven't found it, you're nothing. You're useless. Right. And then if you look at, if you go back the last two, three weeks of the season, heading into the postseason, one of the hottest hitters on the team was Brett Gardner. And one of the coldest hitters on the team was Clint Frazier. It was almost a no brainer for Aaron Boone at that point or Brian Cashman. (laughs) Right. So I don't think Gardner's here to take playing time away from anybody, but I also think that Boone's right. He's going to get a lot of playing time. Guys are going to get, unfortunately, guys are going to get nicked up. They're probably going to spend time on the injured list. And even if they don't, they're not playing 162. They're going to play 130, 135. And I'll tell you what, if Aaron Judge is on the field for 135 games this year, he's winning a fucking MVP. You want to take a hot take from this show leading into the leading into the season. If Aaron Judge plays 135 games this year, he's winning a fucking MVP award. Ooh, I you think also have it, to take. 
Rem- real quick, remember that yeah, ranking list we were talking about last last week, Chris, when Gio was seventy eight. Yes, I think Aaron Judge came in at twenty one. Wow, he's going to make a lot of people regret that if he's healthy this year. Yeah. What about Stanton? Wasn't he at ninety eight? He was like ninety seven, I think. Yeah, yeah. And you also have to think they're going to ease into this season, considering this is the first full year in two years. Yeah, that's what I was saying you before. Know. They're going to baby these guys even more now. Yeah. Well, the only the only upside is it, Toronto's not playing in Toronto, right? No, they're not. They're playing in Dunedin. So we don't. So we don't have the uh, Toronto turf excuse. That's the only upside. So I guess what happens if the Blue Jays make the postseason this year? Are we doing? I mean, are we do a bubble. <sighs> Who knows, man? I hope not. Who knows? Because I didn't even realize this because it's fucking hockey, but they realigned all the divisions so you play in your region in all in all seven, and you're only playing your division this year. In all seven Canadian teams are in the same division, so that, so that's why they're allowed to play in Canada because there's no travel in and out. So I'm assuming that once we get to the postseason in hockey, they're going to have to do a bubble. Tell me more about hockey. No, let's move on. A. So I know one guy on this team is definitely excited that uh, Guardy's back, and that's SGR. He's definitely excited. He's going to be able to keep that connection with Guardy for another year. I know. Hey, man. man, you know what? I'm glad the guy's back. Uh, you know, he's got a ring, but he needs to get a ring. He need, you need bookend it. Out with a book ring end it, baby. Bookend his career with this. I, you know, like I said, I don't get the, all the irrational hate towards the guy. The guy's a grinder. He's a fucking hustler. He works hard. I the mean, leader for. You know, you want to you want to be a Yankee fan. You want to say you respect the homegrown guys, the guys that grind it, the guy, not the overpriced diva superstars. Is why you hate stands. Why you hate a Rod? Who's the antithesis? The antithesis of that is fucking Brett Gardner. Yeah, let me tell you something. Out of all the huge guys in that clubhouse, because there's huge. Yankees have some massive huge guys. If there's one per player, if there's one player I wouldn't fuck with out of all of them, it's Gardy. That dude's a fucking nutcase, and he has he has like that stupid strength where he'll just he'll just kill you. Look, remember back in the seventies, the Incredible Hulk show is before CGI, so they had Lou Ferrigno play the Hulk. Yeah, yes. yeah. Guardy could play the fucking Hulk. Guardy could be the Hulk. That's hilarious. Guardy could be the fucking Hulk, man. All right, we got a couple things we got to touch on here before we wrap up the show. Uh, we mentioned it briefly, uh, Gary Sanchez. Now, <laughs> Robinson Torino signed the minor league deal. Uh, he's here. Uh, so a lot of people thought that meant the end of Gary Sanchez. Yes, because the catchers this year were going to be Robinson Torino's and Kyle Higashioka, everybody. Those are the catchers. Yes. Okay. Duh. All right. But there was, <laughs> there was something that I wanted to bring up because I found it very interesting. All three of the Yankees' recent top picks that are catchers, Siegler, uh, right? Mm-hmm. Josh Bro and Austin Wells are all in camp. Now, not a, not every minor leaguer gets invited to camp. I thought it was very interesting. All three of those guys were invited to camp this year. Not to mention, and most importantly, Austin Wells is projected as the most major league ready of the three. And the hype train is gotten behind Austin Wells. Mm. Now, is the hype train behind Austin Wells? Because maybe next year, two years, Austin Wells is a catcher of the Yankees. Or is the hype train behind Austin Wells because to go Gary bye. Sanchez needs a fucking lighter, a lighter, uh, a lighter, a light up his ass. 
Yeah. Very, very interesting to me. I think they're, I, and I think this is the biggest issue with the Yankees and Gary Sanchez. They're trying to see what buttons they need to press in order to get the most out of him. And like, I think Joe Girardi maybe did it best, even though it pissed Gary Sanchez off. I think at that point in time, you were seeing a, a guy who had more of a fire up his ass. Um, and maybe that's their point behind this. I just don't see that happening with Gary. I don't think that that's it. I think the button you need to press with Gary isn't one of motivation to beat anyone else out or lose his job. I think the button to press with Gary is putting someone on top of him, not physically, but putting a more of a veteran presence and giving him that mentor. And that's why I, you know, I was huge on the Vlad idea, but he ended up staying in St. Louis. You mean Yachty Molina? Yachty, sorry. Um, but I just, that's the only way I see Gary actually being comfortable and just, not overthinking anymore and being the guy that we, I just think this is going to cause more of a head case player in Gary. Cause I think that's what Gary is right now. I don't, I, he I, doesn't I, have options left, right? I don't doubt um, Gary's abilities. Do you like, just cause he was bad. Do you doubt that? I doubt his mental space. That's what I'm saying. So do you think that saying, Hey Gary, probably going to lose your position again. We're going to hype up. Austin Wells or we're going to release you because of it. Do you think that's what's going to turn the, you know, turn the tide and he's going to become the player you want him to be again? I but think it's just going to cause more of a friggin. But to your point though, I don't think Higashioka has options left. So they're not going to lose Higashioka for Robinson Torino's. I don't know. I thought he did have an option left Higgy. I don't, I'm I don't trying know. to it's find almost it. As, it's almost as if we had a stack guy in the show at one point. Nah, don't trigger him. Man. <laughs> oh, wait, <laughs> Wait, I, I I think he I don't think he has any left. I don't think he does. Uh, I don't know. I gotta find Isn't a good he, website. How old? He's that. thirty though. Here, right? He's thirty now. Oh Jesus Christ! Uh, <laughs> I don't even know. Oh, he's thirty. Yeah, he's thirty. Yeah. So I don't think he's got options left. He's been back. Birthday is his birthday is four twenty. Smoke it up, dog. Smoking higgies. Smoking Higgy fucking smoking those funny Siggies. You think he does? Isn't he from Hawaii? On his, birth, on his birthday. I don't know. I think he's Hawaiian. I don't do birthday. much. I don't do much uh, reading on Kyle Higashioka. I don't. Yeah, I don't, I don't do much too. much research on him. Want to know why? Because we're not. He's not supposed to be the it's, player you really yeah, care about. MILB options zero. So, yeah, wow. so they're not going to lose Higashioka for fucking Robinson Chirinos. So there's no, there's really not going to be a veteran presence on this team to light Gary up unless you want to say Chirinos is going to kick his ass in, uh, in spring training. But, you know, Dallas Braden was on with, uh, with the Muppet and Maggie earlier this week, and that was a fucking train wreck in and of itself. But I was listening to it. Um, and Braden said that because they brought up Gary Sanchez and uh, Braden said that Gary Sanchez is washed, basically. Like, he doesn't have the mental capacity to overcome this. Yeah, that's that's where I am on it. I don't think he doesn't have the mental capacity to overcome it. I just think that this is clearly a mental thing, and, and he went through a downward spiral where 
he couldn't get himself out of it last year. And an offseason can do a lot for a player in that sense. Right, That's why I'm going I, against the whole let's lay a fire under his ass by threatening him with how much we love another catcher. I don't think that that's – and I'm not saying the Yankees aren't doing that for that reason, but if they are, I feel like it's the wrong move because that's not, in my opinion, how you're going to get the most out of Gary Sanchez. I just found it very interesting that all three of these guys are in camp, and especially they're – you know, you didn't hear any – you know, normally sometimes they bring up guys, you don't hear anything about it except for that they're there, but there's, getting, there's media attention behind Austin Wells being there, and there's a reason for that in my opinion. Yeah, well, I think the more logical reason – if I'm making, if I'm, if I have them there for the right reasons, I'm not saying that your theory is wrong. I think it could 100% be correct. But for, if I'm having them there logically for the right reasons, is that after last year, and rightfully so, I don't see Gary Sanchez as my future catcher anymore. And I really want to see what these guys are made of. It's not so much of a threat to Gary. It's more of a, I, I don't really care how you feel right now. And I'm sorry that you're struggling. But we need to look out for us, and I need to see what these guys are made of right now. And I think that's the more logical reason for having them up if you're the Yankees. But everything could point to what you're saying. So. I think that a lot. Also, I think the Yankees didn't uh, let him go in the offseason is because I think Brian Cashman and A didn't want egg on his face uh, for having this at one time can't miss prospect, especially the way he tore up major league baseball in 2016 and 2017 and absolutely getting nothing in return for him. Uh, but <clears throat> I think the, uh, the, um, the relationship in the marriage has kind of changed because I don't, we never talked about this and this is a few weeks, months old. Now Gary Sanchez in an interview said he had no idea why he was benched in the postseason. Yes. You can't be that fucking dense to not know why you were on the bench. Yeah. Cashman you- ripped him for that too. And he did. He fucking ripped him for it, and rightfully so. He said nobody he knows communi- he, the year he had. We know the year he had, and uh, it's it's as simple as that. Let me tell you something, dude. I was listening. I was going from your Cashman impression to Cashman actually speaking, and I was dying laughing. It's so good. But I got to say <laughs> yeah, this. Like a side-by-side. Just like when we talked about Domingo Herman, right, and seeing, seeing a guy who – has changed and made made himself better whether it be as a human being or as a baseball player the first step to that is admitting what what was wrong and and what you what it is that you need to focus on to change and just like Domingo Herman not making any statement like I understand his point of not talking to everyone but you still should have made a statement about how wrong it was what you did and make something Show me that you know how wrong it was. And it's kind of the same thing with Gary. Like Gary standing up there and saying, I don't know why I was benched, makes me think I'm looking at a guy who is so delusional that he doesn't even... All about that awareness. Yes, that he doesn't even realize how bad he was. Right, but I'll give Gary credit because he played winter ball this year. So something must have clicked in his fucking brain that he needed to do something different. Yeah. But again... Which is going back to what Dallas Braden was saying, the the space in between his ears, you can't be that like you didn't know. Right. Even and Gary's point was like, Oh, nobody said anything to me. Does it does it need to be said though? No. No, and look, it, it, I think it comes back to how the Yankees view him. If he's a guy that you truly had all the confidence in the world in, and you thought this would maybe just be a temporary thing and you didn't have any backup down the line 
down the road here, maybe you would have treated it differently. Maybe you would have treated him with a little more respect and saying, look, Gar, we love you, but right now what's best for the team is you sitting on the bench. I didn't want to, I didn't want it to hit you out of nowhere, but we're playing Higgy this series and blah, blah, blah. But instead, they just kind of did it. And to me, that shows an organization that doesn't really take Gary Sanchez seriously right now. Mm-hmm. And I'll just add to Christian what you're saying about how maybe these three catchers being here, it's a direct kind of shot at Gary Sanchez. But that really, it doesn't matter whether or not it was direct or indirect. This is a statement being made by the New York Yankees that they're bringing three catchers up. And whether it's to fuel Gary Sanchez or it's just to see what they have, that doesn't matter because Gary Sanchez, you have to imagine he's looking at that saying, all right, you know, there's three, those are three guys that could replace me. I'm yes. not going to let that happen. And it's up to Gary to say to himself, do I want to not let the, these guys come up and be the future of the New York Yankees because I'm going to stop that from happening. I'm going to be the right. best. Or do I want to sit back, be resentful, not blame myself for not performing enough, and then eventually just being shipped off? And statements like, I don't know why I was benched, Make me think the latter is going to happen. And I don't know where his future is going to be, even maybe midway through this season, if Gary Sanchez is even thought of as a starting catcher anymore. Who knows? I did like that Boone, at least at this point, has said that he's not marrying Higashioka and Cole together. Me too. That's good. And, and don't get it twisted. I love Gary Sanchez. I think the dude could be friggin' phenomenal. The potential is there. The talent is there. No one's questioning that anymore. This is the end of the line for him. This is it, though. Like, this is it. But come on, dude. Even your kids knew why he was benched. Seriously. His daughter walked I mean, up to him and told him that he fucking yeah. sucks. Right. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. Who, I, I don't know who that little girl family. was. I don't know why she said that to me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Two quick things as we'll wrap up the show here. Do you guys want the story about Jamison Tyone's pants? Yeah. Yeah. Are you talking about right. panting like like a dog? No, pants. You know, like what you wear on your fucking legs? Okay, because you texted a, and you said Tyon's pant, period. So I thought you meant he pants when he when he pitches and like this is an issue. I texted at least twice, so you should have had some sort of clarification on it. You want to talk about people that don't have the fucking mental capacity to understand things. Okay, you, have, you want to understand something? You have one kid, right? Not the easiest thing in the world. Multiply her by three. I got three. Okay. I got three kids. And that's I what I deal kids. with. Oh, I got three kids. Yeah. So, <laughs> sorry, I don't have time to decipher if you meant pant or pants. I got three kids. <laughs> Fuck you. All right, so tell me about his pants. I got three kids. Shut the, oh, oh, I know exactly what you're going to say, actually. Oh, yeah? I did see this video. All right, so I didn't, I didn't hear it live on the radio, but I saw a video earlier today of uh, Craig Carton, who declared that his... He's he's going to do a you know a, a team reveal who's going who's going to be his favorite baseball team the day before the season starts. So he said that if he reveals that he's a Yankee fan, his favorite player <laughs> is going to be Jamison Tyone. And the reason why is I didn't see this quote anywhere. I'll take Carton uh's word for it at face value. I don't know why he would make it up, but he said that Jamison Tyone said that when he sat at his locker and he saw himself wearing Yankee pinstripes. He thought it was the coolest thing in the world and had to take a picture of his pants, of him wearing Yankee pinstripes. 
And that's a fucking guy that gets it. That's Fuck a guy yeah. that gets it. I didn't know that that's yeah. what you were talking about. Yeah. I didn't know this story. That's awesome. So what were, so what that's a fucking guy who gets it. I agree. So what were you I Chris saw, thought he was going to be like, <laughs> no, no. I watched a video of Tyon throwing pitches, I think. I think it was Ty- Oh, no, it wasn't even Tyon. Never he mind. He was throwing tossing. though with Davey. It was yeah. Schmidt. No, look, and he had no, the leggings. I saw he today had, like, he was long the, tossing with Sessa today. Mm. Uh, it was a couple days ago. That's fucking awesome, dude. That that's a guy who I want on this team. Or maybe no, it was I, da- was Davey throwing with Clark Schmidt. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't see. I don't Someone see was throwing with Davey. Uh, but know. I definitely I saw him uh, long tossing with uh, Sessa today. And I, when I heard Carton say that, I'm like, that's a fucking guy that gets it. That's like, a Yankee. He he wants to. He knows. Like I'm a fucking Yankee. Look how cool this is. Didn't Zach Britton do the same thing when he had the pinstripes in his he locker? Did. He took he a picture it. and he sent it out. Yeah, there was a story like that, or maybe with Cole when he put it on for the first time. And and uh, Karin said, these guys are professional athletes. This guy's made millions of dollars in his career. He's going to make millions of dollars in his career. And he's still in awe of being a fucking Yankee. This is a guy that gets it. This is why now now you back up what we talked about last week with what Garrett Cole had to exactly. say about this guy. And now this, guy's get, now this guy's getting a chub, giving me a fucking chub. Chubs on chubs. And, chubs on chubs and him wearing fucking his... his, his. Chubs on chubs while he pants. Right. That's it. <laughs> that was a fucking that's it. I hope that story is true. It's true. Uh, you know why? Positive thoughts. Positive thoughts. That's right. So I, unfortunately, we had to bring the negativity into the show at the beginning. I hope that we don't. I hope the next time we bring up Domingo Herman's name on this show is that we get to pass on the note that he's no longer a fucking Yankee. Yeah, I agree. And then, and then we can bar his name from the show along with that other fucking jerk off in Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we'll wrap up the show, hopefully, with a little bit of positivity. Quick around the room. Now that it appears that the offseason is done and completed in terms of moves, I'm assuming that it'll be a couple of minor little things here and there, like getting rid of Mike Tockman, bringing in you know an extra body here or there. But the heavy lifting is done. Guardy's here. I think the Yankees are like 4 or $5 million still under the luxury tax, so there's still a little bit of wiggle room if they want to do something come trade deadline. Can I just say something before you ask? Because you just no, you reminded me about the one last thing I wanted to say about Guardy. Yeah. I don't know why, and I know I'm going to get ripped for this. Didn't you feel like some sort of like everything came to fruition when they signed Guardy on Friday? Like you almost felt complete, even though complete, even yeah. though he's yeah, not yeah, yeah, going to yeah, be a yeah. starter. There was something, not that they needed him, but there was something missing about the feeling of going into 2021 right, like without I, him. Right. It's a good, it's an excellent point. And I'm glad that you and your three kids brought that up. Uh, I really, I really do in agreement with it that uh, I was okay if Guardi didn't come back, but now it feels like the team is together. Full circle. Like it just felt like it came together. Right. And yes. So when you, you and your three kids discuss that, when you go to bed later tonight, you can say that uncle Christian agreed with that statement. Uncle stupid. They call you. Your daughter refuses to fucking call me that. But I know. Anyway, no matter how hard you push that, and that's why she's my favorite. Yeah. All right. So quick around the room, give a quick like brief three four sentence thought on it. What's your what's your letter grade? Now that the off season maneuvering is done, because we touched on this a few weeks ago, but then other shit has happened since then. What is your final letter grade on the Yankees off season? We'll start with SGR. 
I'll give them a B plus because I can't give them an A because there's too many question marks. But when you look around the league, when you look at the teams that they're going to be competing with, teams like the Cleveland Indians, they have no one left. Houston's biggest threat, uh, Justin Verlander, isn't going to pitch this year. You look at the competition throughout baseball, uh, the American League, and it, it, it is the Yankees. They, they, they're going to be the favorites to go to the World Series. So, And, and you look at the money some of these guys made um, – throughout the offseason that it just wasn't realistic for the Yankees to get. But I'll give them a B-plus because the guys they did add, it's not really a big risk, but if, if they don't pan out, they're going to be in trouble. If Corey Kluber and Tyone, if one of those two can't step up this year, then they're going to be in trouble. So you have to wait it out. I think as far as offseason goes, B-plus, we'll see what they do in the, during the season. I have to put context behind my grade, and I'll say, and I'll do it by saying this. If Hal gave... Brian Cashman, if he told him he had no limitations, he can do what who he can try and get whoever's available and spend all the money in the world, then I'd have to give Brian Cashman a C, maybe a C plus. But given the the reality of the situation, what he was handcuffed to, and how much he had to spend and how he could do it the most effectively. I have to give the Yankee offseason and Brian Cashman an A because I think at the end of the day, it's not just about the question marks that are still there. It's about how you were going to fill those question marks to the best of your ability with the limitations given. And if I'm going to do that, I'm going to do it with other question marks that have the ability to go through the roof in Corey Kluber, in Tyon, in, the, in guys like that. And I think Brian Cashman at the end of the day did the best absolute job he could have with what he was given. And I have to give him an A. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna give him the same grade that SGR gave him. I'm giving him a B plus. What prevents it from getting an A is that none of the question marks in the rotation have been erased. I just needed one guy. Who are one, you giving up for that? You giving up tie on for that? What do you mean am I giving you up? You giving up the tie on deal to to get your question mark solved? Are you I'm giving up are you giving up Corey, Corey Kluber? Kluber? Maybe. Really? You you have zero question marks answered right now. And I'm not saying... Dude, a B-plus got me through fucking college, okay? <laughs> got me a diploma, so I'm not... It's not in the sneeze at here. Although my diploma's not even worth the fucking toilet paper in my bathroom right now. <laughs> that's true. But that's, uh, you know, it's neither here nor there. But I'm saying, dude, this guy did a fucking excellent job this year. You... You can you can make the argument all all day and night about whether or not the Yankees should have gone over two ten. They didn't. We all know that they didn't. Hal didn't want to. It, that's not the argument here. The argument, the, the discussion point is knowing what we know with the limitations that Brian Cashman was faced with. The guy gets a B plus. You needed to give me one starting pitcher to get the A the A grade. I I am I love the potential of what Kluber and Tyone could be but they still are question marks that you're putting into the rotation. What bumped this up from maybe a B minus or a B to a B plus is that he traded Adam Adovino and got Justin Wilson, Darren O'Day, and fucking Brett Gardner. He turned that fucking underbiting motherfucker into three good players. Yeah. That's a fucking good GM right there. Yeah. And, and you know what? And I use motherfucker a lot on this. These, I don't really use these grades need to. These grades are actually tentative. I think on the season, like we can come back here, and if Kluber and Tyon pan out to be what we should expect them to be, 
man, this dude was through the roof. Like that B plus goes to an A plus. We all go to an A plus at that point. And that's my point is that you're talking about solidifying one of those question marks and having an answer. The only answer he could have possibly gotten is still a question mark being that it's going to be a guy who's really not that great. Right. So I'd rather not a guy right, who's not that, that great. Only, that was the only thing outside of resigning DJ LeMayu, which I'm going to make a point about that in a second. The only thing I asked of the Yankees to do this offseason was to bring in some, somebody that didn't have an injury history behind them. And they didn't do that. And that's what's holding them back from an A right now. If we had more time, we can we can debate that. We have debated it, and we can debate it again next week if you want. To. I would but love to. But that's what's holding them back from an A right now. Was that you have to be fair in saying that's a, there's two things we asked the Yankees to do this offseason. One, resign Diesel Mayu, and don't rely on injury fucking riddled starting pitchers like James Paxton, who resigned with the fucking Seattle Mariners. Uh, also, we can bring that up. He's back in Seattle on a one year deal. So, all right, yeah, congrats. Uh, yeah, <laughs> shit about that. Uh, so, and again, you want everybody wants to say Brian Cashman's a bad GM, traded Adam Adovino because he knew he was tight on money, turned it into O'Day Wilson Guardy. Boom, you that's that's fucking genius right there. That's why he didn't give a fuck what he got back in return from from for oh, out of you know he just wanted the fucking money so he can go and do that other shit that he did yeah and he got two very he got two useful pieces in his bullpen and he got his fourth outfielder that doesn't swing a fucking wet noodle up there at, at home plate okay and every we are guilty of this we are guilty of this Stein DJ LeMayu, give him whatever he wants. Give him fucking $30 million a year. He played the fucking game, and he won. One big. He played the game with DJ LeMayu, and he won. Because if he doesn't, you know, do we have Corey Kluber? If that extra $10 million that he would have had to give to, to DJ LeMayu, Corey Kluber's probably not a Yankee right now, if you really think about it. He won the fucking World Series of Poker with the fucking... So... so he got it like he got as close to an A as fucking possible without actually hammering it home. He gets an, like an eighty nine. That's how close to an A it was. Mm. And you're not going to round spelled, it. Up. He spelt his name wrong at the top of the paper. Yeah, he, he spelled it with a Y instead of an I. Actually, I'm one of those prick teachers that don't like when girls put the put the little hearts, hearts. above the eyes. You think you put a heart? <laughs> and, and so what he did was he put the dollar sign on the S, and I mm. knocked off a point. For that. Oh, okay. Like, you fucking you. You cocky son of a bitch. That's off a point right there. Boom. Cash. Love it. Love it. All right. So anything else you guys want to say before we wrap up the show here? That's it, man. I'm all out. So we want to thank everybody listening to episode 215 of the NYYST podcast. Please go to nyyshop.com. No, is it nyysportstalk.com slash shop. Okay, there you go. Go check out the two, uh, the first two Sterling shirts. Code NYYST Pod will save you thirty percent and free shipping. And don't forget uh, to stick around for the for the total the remaining audio of what Gardy sent to Cashman. You will not want to miss it. And head over to YouTube if you want to watch the uh, video we put together in a couple days. All right, please follow us on Twitter at NYY Sports Talk SGR. Go Yanks, Chris. I know you got three kids, but. So you have to say goodbye.